Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, a little breathless right now. I just finished a workout, and I have to record the podcast. So here we are, a little breathless. I'm sure I will cool off and catch my breath as we go. Very pumped about today's episode because back in the beginning of October, I had the opportunity to speak to a financial mastermind. And the gentleman who runs the mastermind gave me a call and said, you know, not only are we trying to do better financially, the folks in my mastermind are also trying to do better in all areas of their lives. And he was asking, you know, what kind of topic I wanted to bring to his group for my night to speak. And I was sharing with him how I feel that one of the easiest ways to change our behavior one of the most effective ways to change our behavior is to change the way we think. And that a lot of people struggle with the notion of thinking differently because their thinking seems to be automatic and they recognize opportunities to do things differently kind of after the fact. And because of that, I feel that questions, asking questions is a very effective way to go about becoming a better thinker, and then behaving in a more effective or more productive way. So together we decided that I would present to this group seven questions. Seven questions that specifically will help you attract success in any area of your life by helping you think differently as you go through your day. And when we think differently, we behave differently. Because as many of you have heard me say probably 100,000 times before, though we often focus on behavior change, I need to eat less, I need to eat better, I need to work out more, I need to get up earlier, I need to save more money or spend less. It's our thoughts that drive our behaviors. So when we try to change our behaviors, but we're thinking the same way, we end up making the same excuses that we always made, and then continuing the same patterns of behavior. So when we start by thinking about things differently, we'll entertain new options and our excuses won't appeal to us as much. So I went through these seven questions and I'm gonna share them with you today. But before I start with the first question, I wanna talk for a minute about I don't know. Inevitably, somebody out there is going to hear one of these questions or maybe all of these questions and first think, I don't know, or I'm not sure. And a lot of times, not knowing the answer to a question can lead to frustration or embarrassment. And a lot of that, if not all of that, comes from our standard education model. Knowing the answer is good. It has to be the right answer for it to be good, 
And either not knowing or having the wrong answer is bad. And so as adults, when we face questions, we kind of bring that paradigm with us. If we don't know, we get frustrated. Or if we think it might be wrong, we hesitate. But I want you to think about this in a new way. If you think I don't know or I'm not sure to any or all of these questions, that is a great thing. That is a really great thing. If you immediately know the answer, then that probably means it's not a new thought to you. It's not a new way of thinking. It's a familiar way of thinking. And most of the time, the way we've always thought is going to get us what we've always got. So when we don't know, that tells us we are about to step forward into something new. And that's what we need. We need to think in new ways in order to behave in new ways and establish new patterns of behavior. So I don't know is a starting point. It is an opportunity, an invitation into new ways of thinking. And that's how I want you to perceive that when you feel that way. All right. So the first of these seven questions. What do I already know that when applied consistently would dramatically change my results? What do I already know that when applied consistently would dramatically change my results? We live in a time when everybody wants to give you more information. You could read a new book. Somebody wants you to hire them to teach you new things. You could take a course. You could ask a million people. And what happens for many people is that we get drawn into this perpetual behavior of seeking. I need to know more. I need to understand more. I need to learn something new in order to change. And I want to take that pressure off you for a second. And when I shared to this group, I said to them, every single one of us probably has at least four to $10 million worth of untapped potential in their brain. Ideas, things that you know that you haven't done, things that you learned at one point that you didn't put into action. And all I'm suggesting is that you tap into that reserve you have of things that you know that you haven't yet acted on. Because they could improve your relationship, they could improve your health, they could make you more money, they could bring new opportunities into your life or new relationships into your life. You already know so much that could totally change the game for you if you applied it consistently. I always tell my clients to work on consistency before they work on intensity. A lot of times what I see in the people that, they work, that I work with is they're frustrated with their results, so they think they need to dial it up a notch. They need to work harder. They need to do more. And I tell them, get more consistent first. Chances are you don't need to do anything new or anything more. You just need to get a little more consistent. And only when you're very consistent should you be thinking about dialing up the intensity or trying something new. What do you already know that when applied consistently would dramatically change your results? I also share this question because a lot of folks get frustrated feeling like, I'm not sure how to get out of debt, or I'm not sure how to lose weight, or I'm not sure how to make my marriage better. And when they ask this question, okay, maybe I do already know. Maybe it's there in that reservoir of ideas and things that I know. It's just that I haven't applied it or I haven't applied it consistently yet. If you just 
trust what you already know but aren't doing consistently, it'll change your life. I'm telling you right now. Okay, the next question is, what are my many strong reasons and how will I keep them top of mind? Before we get into this one, I want to say if you have not yet listened to 903, episode 903, or if it's been a while, please make yourself a note right now, put it on your calendar, that's even better, to go back and listen to or re-listen to episode 903. So in episode 903, I talked about how we must have many strong reasons and we have to keep them top of mind. And I think one of the examples that I shared in that is if... The only reason that you want to eat differently is so that you lose weight. You are in big trouble because chances are your weight loss won't be super consistent or something will happen where weight loss doesn't become the priority. And I know I shared in that episode 903 that when I found out I was pregnant, I had to really go back to the drawing board on having many reasons, making them strong and keeping them top of mind because it's like, well... If I'm only eating a certain way so that I lose weight, when weight loss is either not the priority or isn't happening for one of many reasons, it's very likely that you'll lose your drive to eat well. I see that happen in my clients all the time. So you have to have many reasons. And in 903, I shared a bunch of my reasons for wanting to build my business, for wanting to have financial independence, for wanting to eat well and take great care of my body and work out. Because if you do not have many reasons, you're screwed. At some point, one of your reasons is going to get taken out of the game, right? Maybe it's because something changes in your life. You have an illness or an injury. And so one of your many strong reasons is gone. One of my clients, they were training for an event, and that was their driving factor. And then the event was over. Well, what was going to drive them to be consistent in their fitness, in their self-care? You have to have many reasons. They have to be strong, and then you have to keep them top of mind, not just when you establish them, not just once a month when you review, review your goals, every freaking day, and chances are many times a day. And I could talk about this particular question at length, but I'm not going to because there's an entire episode on it. Again, 903, 903 excuse me, make sure that you are listening to that one. All right, this next question. Love this question. What am I leaving out? What am I leaving out? And uh, one of the examples I gave when I was talking to this mastermind group the other day was I was headed out to give this presentation in my office, which is in a separate building on our property. And I I took the baby, Roman, and I gave him to my husband and I said, you know, I got to go outside and give this presentation. And I handed him the baby and I went into the bathroom. And when I came out of the bathroom 30, 45 seconds later, my husband was on his phone playing a game with the baby sitting on his knee. And instantly I was like super annoyed because <laughs> I was thinking, my first thought was, can you not like play the game later? You know, can, you know it, he's between his work schedule and working out and whatever, it's not like he gets a whole lot of time with him. And my first thought was annoyance. And only because I practiced these questions I don't know, 100 million times, I thought, what am I leaving out as I think this way and I react with annoyance? I was leaving out the fact that he was playing the game when I handed him the baby and I could have, you know, waited a minute for him to be done or just not cared that he was finishing it. 
what am I leaving out? That it's totally inconsequential. It's totally okay for our five-month-old to bounce on his knee for two and a half minutes while he plays a game. Like, that's okay. What am I leaving out? The fact that I do the exact same thing, just not with games. I'm not a game person. I don't, I never have been. Um, but I've certainly responded to emails or sent a text message or watched a whole TV show, <laughs> you know? And I'm leaving all of that out. And, and when, I, when I acknowledge those things and I, ans I ask that question and I answer honestly, it just takes what could be a moment of tension and it eliminates it. Same thing like if I get irritated that a dish is in the sink, what am I leaving out? Well, that I've done that before too. You know, my husband is not the only one who on occasion leaves a dish in the sink. I have done it as well. What am I leaving out? That I don't want to have the kind of relationship where there's tension over something so small. Because if there's tension over something so small, there's almost always going to be tension, and I don't want that. Or when I say to myself, uh, I don't feel like writing today. You know, I'm working on my third book. I don't feel like writing today. What am I leaving out? Well, then I don't have to write for an hour. I can write for two minutes, and that kind of consistency is going to make a really big difference. What am I leaving out? That, that if I make decisions based on what I feel like doing or don't feel like doing, I'm in deep doo-doo. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in big trouble if I make decisions that way. So what are you leaving out when you say, this one thing won't hurt, or you hit snooze and you think, I'm not in the mood? What are you leaving out? All right. The next question is, what needs to change so that the life I'm living more closely resembles the life I desire? What needs to change so that the life I'm living more closely resembles the life I desire? A lot of times this can feel like a big question and so big that it's hard to answer specifically. And general answers are not as helpful as specific answers. So if you think this and you think I need to be more consistent or I need to get healthier, those are probably too general to be very helpful. So what I would suggest that you do is ask this question for more narrow areas of your life. So for example, what needs to change in my marriage so that the marriage I have more closely resembles the marriage I desire? Or what needs to change so that the health I have more closely resembles the health I desire or the fitness or the finances or the career or the parenting or the friendships? See what I mean? And then start brainstorming. You might think in some area, I'm not really sure. Things need to change, but I'm not sure what. Well, what ideas do I have? What answers might somebody else give? What are the dreams that I have? What are the goals that I have? What do I wish I had more of? What do I wish I had less of? Really challenge yourself to dig a little bit deeper than just what comes to mind right on the surface. What needs to change in my work so that the career I have more closely resembles the career I desire? What needs to change so that the home life I have more closely resembles the home life I desire? And maybe you think less screen time or no phones during meals. And take just one of those and try it on. Try it out for a week. Be really consistent with it for 7 to 14 days. Start trying things. If you're not sure, that's okay. Experimenting and 
seeing what sticks and what feels good and what doesn't is how we learn. Don't expect that you're going to know without the effort, without the action. So just try some things. This next question is one of my two favorite. What needs to change so that I look forward to doing what needs to be done? What needs to change so that I look forward to doing what needs to be done? I'm going to share with you a paradigm shifting moment I had not that long ago. In the same, I would say, couple of week period, I found out that two friends of mine who I would consider young and who I would consider healthy, fit, responsible in those ways, two people, both young, both moms of young children, both people I would consider people who take care of their health, found out that their cancer, which had previously been in remission, was back. And it hit me hard, and as I thought about, like, wow, just in a short period of time, two people I know, two people that are young, two people that I would consider very proactive about their health, two people who are young moms have had this thing happen. And, and I sort of had a moment of, like, that could be me. There's no reason that that couldn't be me tomorrow or next month or next year. And as I had that moment of kind of not, not putting myself in their shoes but just realizing that that could be me, I had a moment of, of thinking that if that was me, I would really wish that I had taken better care of myself. Because for me personally, there are at least 30 years of my life where I didn't take great care of myself. And even now, there are still days and moments and weeks when I don't take really good care of myself. And for so much of my life, taking care of myself was about aesthetics. It was about weight loss. And... I had a moment where I was like, if that was me, if that happened tomorrow or next week or next month or next year, I think I would for sure have that sense of, I I should have taken this more seriously. I should have realized that food wasn't about weight loss and fitness wasn't about how I look naked or anything like that. And, And as quickly as that thought came into my mind, I thought, okay, so this is now another huge reason. Going back to like have many reasons, make them strong, revisit them often, episode 903, and we talked about it earlier. This is now a big, strong reason for me. Like, sure, having dessert tonight or not isn't going to impact my weight significantly, but every choice I make is either helping keep me healthy or it's moving me towards illness and sickness, right? So that perspective has really helped me look forward to the opportunity to eat well and exercise and get enough sleep. Well, not really get enough sleep at this phase of my life, but meditate, do all those kinds of things. That perspective, though some of you might see it as a negative perspective, for me, it helped me look forward to doing what needs to be done for my health. It gave me a sense of very convicted responsibility. And something, you guys know I'm writing book three, and um, we kind of have a conversation along these lines in one of the chapters, and I I share that many of us have probably seen online um, that meme that says, like, okay, so you would die for your children, but would you really live for them? Would you really live well for them? Sure, you'd jump in front of a bullet for your children, but will you lose weight for them? Will you get strong for them? 
Will you heal whatever wounds you have? You know, and that perspective helps me look forward to doing what needs to be done because I take that very seriously. Thinking of this question in a totally different light, what needs to change so that I look forward to doing what needs to be done, I was thinking about this with regards to my third book. And I can't say that I don't like writing books, but what I can say is the process isn't something that's necessarily like enjoyable for me. I find it challenging um, and not always in like a fun challenging way, just in a tedious challenging way. So I asked myself this question, what needs to change in writing my third book so that I look forward to doing what needs to be done? And I asked myself this question almost every day for probably a month and I realized, this third book is going to be my best book because it's about the process for creating change, the how. And we go through chapter by chapter all of the common excuses. I don't feel like it. I don't have time. I'm too busy. I don't really care. It's too hard. I'm going to fail anyway. All of those kinds of things. And as I thought about this, like what needs to change so that I could really look forward to this process, I decided that starting in January, I am going to work with a group of people and we are going to together, as this book comes together, I'm going to share with you one chapter at a time and we're going to live it. We are going to workshop it. We are going to turn it from these concepts into a living, breathing practice. And I thought that's, that's going to help me and it's going to help the people who join me because I'm going to be really excited and inspired and motivated chunk by chunk in this book to share it once a week, a new section once a week talk about it, get feedback on it, make changes based on the feedback, and really learn together in real time how implementation works for different people in different parts of life. And it's going to make it a lot more fun for me. It's going to make it feel like it's going by a lot faster. I'm going to have really uh, concrete short-term deadlines. And in the process, I'm going to help 100 or 200 people dramatically change their lives in the first couple months of the year, 2022, which, hello, beyond excited about. Um, so that's what came from me asking that question for a very specific thing. What needs to change so that I look forward to doing what needs to be done? And I don't yet have a wait list for this group that we're going to do this together with in um, starting in January 2022, but message me and let me know and I will make sure to keep your name um, so that it can be kind of a first come first serve thing. Probably end of November, early December is when I'll put forth the details and let folks sign up. Okay, next question. Does the amount of time, energy, or emotion I'm giving this match its importance? And this question I love because it works kind of two ways on the things that we're probably giving too much energy to and the things that we're probably not giving enough energy to. So let me give you an example of how I applied this question. Does the amount of time I'm giving my marriage match its importance? The answer is no. The answer is no, because what happens more often than not, and probably for a lot of folks who have um, situations where both people are, are working and you've got kids, it's sort of a what's left over and intentional time less frequently than more frequently. And the fact of the matter is I realized my workouts are on my calendar and my work is on my calendar, but time in my marriage is not on my calendar, even though I would tell you that my marriage is one of like the top two or three most important things in my life. 
So that helped me make a, a pattern change there. Does the amount of emotion I'm giving the socks on the floor match the importance of the socks on the floor? No, I'm giving it way more emotion because it's not important at all. Does the amount of time I'm giving to television match its importance? Maybe you're giving it more time than it deserves. So you can ask this both ways, to realize where you're giving something too much time, energy, or emotion compared to its importance, or where you're not giving something enough time, energy, or emotion to match its importance. Does the amount of time, energy, emotion I'm giving this match its importance? All right, the final question. How can I switch from outcome attachment to process improvement? How can I switch from outcome attachment to process improvement? So going back to the example of my third book, it's very easy to attach, for me anyway, to the outcome of finish the manuscript of the book. Finish the manuscript of the book. I want to have it done by this, this, and this, and this. And the tricky part of that is that more often than not, that end point, that outcome, is kind of far away. So on the day-to-day, -day, it's easy to say, oh, I don't have time to write today. But I'm still totally on track to finish at this far out point. Same thing with like, I want to lose 50 pounds. Well, today, you know, 50 pounds seems far enough away that what I do today isn't really going to make a meaningful difference. Which is why I think it's so critical to switch from attachment to the outcome to process improvement. So instead of thinking, I want to have the manuscript for book three done by XYZ date, what can I do to improve the process of this next book? One of the things is working with this group of people starting in January to real-time help people implement it as I write each chapter. I think that's going to be so fun and cool and different and not something that I've heard of an author doing. So I'm pumped about that because I'm going to be able to really serve people while I make the process of writing more fun for me. When I talk about process improvement for the book too, one of the things I switched to was I, I write for 10 minutes before I do any other work, like career work. Because a lot of times I either don't have time to write for an hour or I don't feel like I'm focused enough or an hour seems like a lot. So my non-negotiable is before I check email, before I do anything that feels more time sensitive, I write in that book for 10 minutes full stop. That is a process improvement. Same thing with weight. What is a way you can improve your process for weight loss or improve your process for getting out of debt instead of attaching to the outcome of how much debt you want to have and by when. How can I switch from outcome attachment to process improvement? So I'm really pumped about these questions. And, and as I said, when I was sharing them in the mastermind group back in October, if you ask me to come up with seven questions that'll change your life a month from now, my seven questions would probably be largely different. But that's what's really cool about these questions. There might be one or two that you really connect with right now. And if you go back through them, in a month or two months or three months, you might connect very differently with them. So let me go through these questions one more time, knowing that the real magic comes when you ask them regularly and you answer in a deep, meaningful way versus just sort of a rushed, surface-level way. Number one, what do I already know that when applied consistently 
would dramatically change my results. Number two, what are my many strong reasons and how will I keep them top of mind? Go back to episode 903 for that one. Number three, what am I leaving out? Number four, what needs to change so that the life I'm living more closely resembles the life I desire? Number five, what needs to change so that I look forward to doing what needs to be done? Number six, does the amount of time, energy, or emotion I'm giving this match its importance? And then lastly, number seven, how can I switch from outcome attachment to process improvement? I also have a PDF of 75 questions. This was just seven. I have 75 questions that are going to help you overcome your excuses and accelerate your progress to your goal. That is linked in my Instagram bio. And if you're not on Instagram, just message me and I'll send you the link to it. I'll also, actually, I'll put it in this episode description. That's probably easier. I'll put that in the episode description. Have an amazing day. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.